Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to this teaser episode of Retire Right. It's a podcast that we've soft launched at the end of last year. There's some episodes already up there. You can search Retire Right. This podcast is primarily targeted at you if you're over 55 years old or if you have parents, grandparents, uncles and aunts that are over that age. This is the podcast for them. Grab their iPhone grab their iPad. You know how a lot of people have iPads and you go to concerts and they're holding their iPads up and taking photos? Yeah, don't do that. But grab whatever device they've got and search in their podcast player, Retire Right. Hit subscribe. There's palm trees on the front of the cover art. We've got a heap of episodes recorded and it's in production now officially. So this week, our first episode drops, but the episode here today, it's a bonus episode. It's a teaser and a taste of some of the topics that we will cover in the Retire Right podcast. I'm joined by Martin McGrath. He's a financial advisor, and we are just chewing the fat. We are talking about a question that someone asked in the Facebook group about buying an apartment with their 65-year-old parent. Now, we talk about considerations such as the Centrelink stuff, you know, age pensions, the types of property, the estate planning considerations. These are different topics than what we usually cover here on My Millennial Money. So what do we got to do? We've got to go over, subscribe to Retire Right wherever you listen to podcasts. I've got some guests lined up and there'll be some recurring guests. So let's get into it. Let me know what you think. Now over to the conversation that I had with Martin McGrath with this case study question. This is Glenn James. Thanks for listening. Martin McGrath, you're a retirement specialist, financial advisor, financial edge group. You've helped lots of listeners and their parents. You have helped my own family members. You are my parents, financial advisor. So maybe a bit of intimidation when I send my parents to you and you're like, I hope I don't stuff this. This guy's got a big mouth. Um, no, no pressure. No pressure. But uh, look, you've just helped us with a few episodes over on the Retire Right podcast. And I wanted to just kind of jump in. There was a question in the Facebook group a little while ago, and I want to discuss it. It is good to discuss for millennials and Gen Xs and Gen Ys, and also if they are doing joint investments and whatnot with their parents who are trying to wind up their career. So the question is, mummy's 65 and we are looking to purchase together to buy a small apartment in Newcastle. They haven't selected one, but are just looking. Our broker has flagged that we may want to get advice in relation to how this might impact mum's eligibility for age pension, which she ages into in two years. So we'll assume mum's 65. Yeah, mum's 65. Yep. 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 So for everyone playing at home at age 67, you can uh, apply for the age pension. 
I understand the age pension is means tested on your assets, excluding your principal place of residence for homeowners, and you can get the full age pension whilst owning up to a certain value in assets. I want to know if they would take the asset as the full value of the investment property or the value of the house less any mortgage outstanding. We're currently looking for an accountant to give us formal advice, but before we proceed, just want to see if anyone has any experience in this thing. So, lots going on there. We can't give you formal advice, but we can tell you uh, some facts that are correct <laughs> at the time of um, of recording. And Martin, of course, will give you our opinion that is worth exactly what she paid, paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> and more than happy to have a chat uh, with her and her mum in terms of that. But in terms of some, some technical quick answers on that, I think then we, there's some thoughts around that as well. But the, I mean, pausing given the age pension, mum will be eligible for the age pension at 67. So what we do today doesn't matter too much, but a property is a long-term asset. So that will impact mum at 67. Absolutely. And I think we probably should frame up some assumptions just for us to answer True. this as a bit of a framework. Let's assume that I think mum is alone, like doesn't have a partner. So we'll assume mum is single. Uh, we'll assume that the asset value is $600,000 as an investment property. Um, and we'll also assume that it's a 50-50 purchase. Yep. And let's, do you want to do a mortgage of 200000 for mum? Yep, and 200000 So yeah, but maybe total mortgage of 400000 or depending on- the Well, it really doesn't matter the other side mortgage, does it? For Not these assumptions. For the age pension, you're correct. No, it doesn't. For other implications of cash flow and, and debt, mm. et cetera. But for mum, if her share is 300000 and mum's borrowing a debt of that for 200000 yeah. The way that would apply the age pension, which is what the question is, mum's not assessed on the total three hundred. Mum is assessed on the net value, which in this case would be a hundred. And also, mum's not assessed on the full property of six hundred value. Correct. It's only her entitlement share, which is we're assuming in this case fifty percent. Yeah. If mum bought less, then obviously that would be adjusted as well. Yeah. And if mum didn't have a mortgage and she just put three hundred thousand into it, she's just assessed on her share of equity in that investment property. Correct. Correct. Or, or technically, depending on what other assets mum has, either the income or the assets. So, and that's yeah, that's the tangent I was going to head down that regard. So, mum's got a, a few impacts, which is income and an asset test. So, from the asset test, mum's impact in this case, based on the assumption of the net value of 100000 Now, where mum's getting that from, if she's taking out a cash in the bank to put into the property, in theory, ignoring setup cost, mum's no better off or worse off. Mm. She would have been assessed on hundred grand in the bank. She's now being assessed on hundred grand of net value. From a income test point of view, again, depends what mum's situations look like. Let's assume she's not working at the age pension age. If we're looking at maximum pension in the rental property space, we're looking at the net rent or mum's share of the net rent. So the net rent meaning after mum's share of her mortgage repayments, what's left after? Correct. So, so the gross rental income, less the direct property cost. So in this case, it might be strata, might be the property agent, insurance, et cetera, less mum's interest on the mortgage. Mm. Uh, that's the net rent figure. So that goes in as mum's income as well. So we can talk about the age pension in more detail separately, but we look at both the asset test and the income test. And so both of these will impact on mum, but at that kind of level, aren't a significant impact in that case. Um, but there are some kind of future planning items that are really important around this. All right, let's get into the fun stuff. 
I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I think it's important. I think it's important that they've paused and stopped and asked a question. Um, I think there's some, some many tangents off this. There's impact of mum. There's future tax planning around this. There's debt management future strategy. So is mum paying the debt off? Are we paying the debt off equally? What happens in the future around that cash flow? We had in our business a client who had a situation differently to this, but on the same basis. And with the children, they were trying to pay the debt down as much as possible to build more equity. But the more equity that grows, the less age pension that mum gets. So for a single pensioner, you can get a full pension up to 280000 And any income or any asset above that, mum starts to get less pension. Mm. So if we've done really well and mum's equity now is 400000 but we're still trying to pay down some debt, mum might have lost a large chunk of her age pension but not actually be getting any net rent off this property because it might be going directly into continue to pay this debt down. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm more not doing it from the estate planning and other lifestyle considerations. You know, if the daughter wants to buy an investment property, she's obviously got some money to put a deposit down on half of the purchase price yep. and has income to do that. I would rather the daughter just pay for some LMI and do it in her own name. Yeah. And if, that, if, if it's, is it mum trying to get some extra assets and growth and income? And I think that's fraught with some danger because property is a great asset generally, but it's a longer term asset. Mm. Um, and yes, it might produce some income, but if we've got a debt, a lot of that income is going to go into servicing that debt. So mm. it might not put X amount per week back in mum's hands that she might need in retirement. Yeah. And I think based on that, Martin, like I'm going to do an episode with John, you know, if someone was 65 and buying an investment property, it's going to be a different style property than someone not because we've got two types of property, one for growth and one for yield. Yep. So but the other side of the coin, it could be um, mum's doing it to help the daughter get an investment property. Yeah, and if that's the case, again, I'd probably go, well, thanks, mum, glad for helping, but let's find another way to make that happen. I mean, you could use mum's house as a parental guarantee because on the investment property. Parental guarantee, potentially a gift, and there's implications for gifting, mm. which we can talk about separately again, um, or the daughter spones it outright. So if, if mum's trying to help the daughter my guidance for mum would be don't have as an asset, find another way. Potentially mum could loan the money to the daughter. So the daughter buys it in her name. She's got a loan to the bank. She's got a loan to mum. So she could pay that loan back to mum and that actually might help mum's cash flow. If mum did lend the daughter $100,000, how does Centrelink deem that? Do they just deem that as a $100,000 asset? It'd be the same as a hundred grand in the bank, a yeah. hundred grand loan. So we'd need a simple, or well, ideally, a simple loan agreement drawn up. This is the value of the loan. This might be the interest rate. This is the repayment schedule. But Centrelink would deem that like they would cash in the bank. So they would assume there's a certain level of income mm. being paid, whether there's a repayment or not. Um, that would be an asset for mum, but at least uh, it's much more a liquid for mum. So the other things we've got to look at if you are doing this strategy, uh, the ownership, whatever the percentages are you'd want it to be tenants in common. So that would mean if either party died prematurely, the other half would fall into the estate of the deceased. So that's a consideration. You buy this joint investment property and you or your mum die prematurely, what's happening? Does the other one have the means to pay out the other side's estate? Yeah, correct. And are there other siblings involved? And if it's mm. in mum's estate, is it being gifted back? Is it not? 
what what happens in the loan in that case if there's a bank loan against it mum's passed away um and also if it has to be sold for that reason then it causes tax implications for both mum and the daughter in a year that they may or may not want that to happen ideally there's a capital gain there yeah um it's going to cause implications as well and also uh for the younger daughter i would probably make sure you've got your income insurances set up because Likewise, if you couldn't work, we want to make sure that you can still keep this property because if it is an investment for mum, we don't want to have to sell the property prematurely if there was an issue with with you paying that mortgage. So, I'm probably looking at this, mum can help uh, you get into an investment property either by a cash gift um, to help with the deposit, a cash gift to pay the LMI, a parental guarantee on her home let mum do her investing in her own name and in her own super fund um, and you do your investing in your own name. I'd agree. If, if mum's trying to help daughter, let's find another way to make it happen. Yeah. If, if mum's trying to help herself or the daughter's trying to help mum help herself, I don't think this is the right asset in the right situation, particularly with the borrowing in mind because mm. it creates all these planning issues. And for us looking after retirees, Cash flow is the most important thing in retirement. Yeah. Uh, and borrowing at the age of 65 and taking on some debt, et cetera, um, I think is only going to complicate that, not make that easier. And realistically, like if mum is over age, well, she's 65, the bank or the lender for mum, they're going to need to see clear exit strategy for the debt. So we know that mum's probably got the same amount in superannuation or more, right? Yep. So, depending if mum has stopped working right now, well, if mum was so thirsty to get half an investment property, just pull the freaking money out of super and buy it. But on the other side of that coin, well, you've moved money out of a tax-free yeah, tax haven. mum's over 65 yeah, and tax concessionally tax. taxed environment, that out online. Into a personal tax. So, rate it's and, just, and, yeah. And, and lining up for capital gains tax. And again, the liquidity, a lot of, we, we look after a lot of retirees who have property. Mm. We, we think property plays a large part in, in wealth creation and, and mm. even in retirement. The, the problem with a property in retirement, if it's a large asset that makes up more than 50% of retirement wealth, mm. if 70 or 80% is that it is an illiquid asset. If we have a $500,000 share portfolio, a $500,000 diversified super fund, we can sell 50000 worth mm. to pay for a medical cost or pay for a trip or buy a new car. Mm. We can't just sell $50,000 of an apartment. Mm. We either hold the whole thing or we hold none. And I probably would say we probably in our example at the start, um, it was a maybe a dumb example, but you mum probably wouldn't put $100,000 into that property. She probably would just borrow against her house if she was going to do it. Yeah, as much as possible to, to yeah. keep as much cash and liquidity in mum's name yeah. as possible. Yeah. And that would help in the short term, but I think if anything, it's probably just de- delaying these planning items mm. that it might be okay for mum at the start, mm. but if mum's living off her other cash reserves and diminishes her super, at some point there's going to be a need to be an exit strategy if, if we did go down this path. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to retirerite.com.au, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted retirement advisors. Our trusted retirement advisors work with clients remotely all over Australia, so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's retirerite.com.au and click get help to arrange a complimentary discussion to see how they can help. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, do what you want. I'm just not doing it in this situation. But I will say my own parents many years ago when Nan was still alive, when Nan downsized, there was a situation where the house Nan was living in had a lifetime tenancy agreement. So uh, when her and Pop divorced and separated, uh, the scenario was Nan can live in that property as long as she wants. Then when she either dies and it's sold or she moves from that property, Mm -hmm. half of that property goes to the kids as an inheritance and she maintains the other half as hers. Now, I don't know what the family situation was and this is for another day, but when Nan was downsizing, there wasn't quite enough money for her new villa. So my parents purchased half the villa and owned half of it and Nan purchased the other half. Mm -hmm. Now they didn't take any rent from Nan. She just lived in it and they were happy to just to put that money there. And, you know, that was a lifestyle play. Mum and dad had the money to do that. And it was just, uh, we just want, mum to be looked after. So I'm kind of looking at this. I've seen it work in the other side, but there wasn't a mortgage involved. My mum and dad were very established in their life and their financials. If either of them um, were to die, Nan or my parents or whatever, there was provisions that the house wouldn't be sold. So it can be done, but it just has to be for the right reasons. And if it is for wealth generation, for the daughter, please just, I think there's a way you can do it without tying mum up financially. Yeah, I think find another way. I think, yeah, and situation like you just mentioned there, primary residence, mm. I think it is different. Sure. If, yeah, that, that's think, true, true. If yeah. it's helping mum find a spot to live in and on, we've also seen elderly people help their children find a primary residence. Mm. So I think for primary residence, we definitely can and need to get a bit more cute to find some solutions. But if it is investment purposes, particularly if it's for the daughter's investment purposes, I, I think there's a whole lot, whole bunch of other ways to find it work mm. a lot better. Because even if the mum used her home as security and did the parental guarantee, that doesn't affect any Centrelink. There's no cash flow implications for mum. There's yeah. no asset test. There's no redeeming yeah. for mum, et cetera. So, yeah. and I'd much, but there's still risk that comes with that, the guarantee risk, um, but there's no other implications beyond that, which would be a much simpler mm. approach. Yeah, totally. And I think it comes to like a 65-year-old who's, we'll just assume that she doesn't have a debt on the the principal place of residence. Like, why would she be bothered signing up for new mortgages and paperwork and you're out of debt, be done with it. 
Yeah, and enjoy that. And it might be, and, and again, if, if it's mum trying to boost her retirement, it might just be pausing and realising that mum's got enough for retirement as it is. And do we need mm. to make this complication? So what's mum's eligible for the age pension? What other assets has she got already? That might be sufficient, so let's not make complication for the sake of complication Yeah. Um, and potentially the risk and headaches that are likely to come with it. Well, there you go. We'll leave it there. This is just a bit of a teaser to some of the things that we talk about on Retire Right. Retire Right is our podcast that is targeted for those who are maybe 10 years out from retirement. For those who are well into their 50s and you're thinking, you know what, I probably do want to put the tools down in 10 years. Well, it's time to start planning today because what do they say, Martin? The best time to plant a tree was? Yesterday. Yesterday. 25 years ago, whatever. <laughs> as soon as possible is the yeah, short answer. That's right. If not yesterday, then today. That's right. So you've got to get onto this. Um, we know that 55 isn't old anymore, but we know that you might be overwork in five or 10 years and we need to start planning it, at least if you drop back to part-time and start to look at your longer-term retirement plans. Yeah, and as we're discussing on the podcast, even if it's not retirement itself, mm. there's lots of strategies from the age of 55 that even if someone weren't, wants to work for another 20 years, um, that they should definitely be looking at to maximise their situation for sure. Yeah. So, Martin McGrath, thank you, financial advisor to the retirement sector, Financial Edge Group. Thanks so much for hanging out today. And everyone, jump over and have a subscribe to Retire Right. Thanks, Glenn. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.